Welcome to another live edition of the ONG Strike Zone where we break news like I'm <laughs> Fulford, that's Kelvin Rozier, and the box is Kobe Hemingway. Uh, it's going to be one of those interesting shows today because I think among three of us, Kelvin might have the best signal right now. So that, uh, Kelvin, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? Man. We see you. We see you now. All you don't right. have to smile. We can see you. <laughs> Beautiful, my brother. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. I, I, hey, yeah, go by. I don't... Let's go. Go ahead, Brian. Let, let, let's see how you're doing. You, you're freezing a little bit. Hey, look, well, I, I audio, so I'm able to hear my picture looks like crap, apparently. I think it takes a minute for my camera to load up and warm up. It looks so on time I'm right probably... now. Okay, good, good. Uh, all right, so uh, good to see you, brothers. Uh, hopefully, uh, everybody's doing well. As I said, welcome, everybody, to the ONG Strike Zone, where we break news uh, daily, weekly, weekly, you know, breaking news around here. So, uh we, uh, we're going to get into it today. Hello, everybody on YouTube and Facebook, watching us on Twitter as well. As well. Make sure to uh, uh, make sure you're following us, please, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Very important uh, just to kind of help our numbers out. If you would go ahead and hit the uh, thumbs up button wherever you're at. Um, you know, on any of those platforms. And then and then also, this is February, the month of, I'm going to call it a month of sharing for us, you know, I, among being other things, Black History Month and all the other good things. Let a friend, let a Rattler know on your on your pages, your Facebook pages. Let, let a friend, let a family member know uh, to come join us, come uh, like the stream, uh, follow us, uh, whatever it takes. We need to grow our numbers significantly. Uh, we a lot of players. Hey, look, race was buzzing over the past week. Why? Because right here last week, we gave you the full Florida A&M football schedule. And what do you know, as of this evening, it is official. One week later, it is official. And so now, nobody has to hide from it anymore. And there you go. The full schedule in all its glory, beginning on September 3rd, as we knew, against Jackson State. Uh, weekend to Tampa to take on USF Bulls. Then the first two home games in Tallahassee 
against Division Two, that's Florida. And then the Alabama State Hornets on September 23rd. Then we go on road to Valley September 30th. That should be an interesting game in the in the heat of Mississippi. And then we travel to Southern the following week for seven. So after that first run of six games, there's a bye week. And then the Rattlers travel out to Houston. We had a great showing in Houston over the past weekend. Shout out to uh, Rattler Nation in Houston, the H-Town, the Houston Alumni Association. Great job out there. Uh, so we expect that uh, place to be packed wherever they play the game. Then, homecoming, as was previously put out on social media and various other places, homecoming is October 28th. Uh, you heard the show. Uh, Kofi gave some great tips on how you can take advantage of the Tallahassee market via uh, uh, Airbnb. Okay, uh, that's October 28th. That's homecoming weekend. The following weekend, we travel to Huntsville, Alabama, take on Alabama a Bulldogs. Then the uh, much talked about and exclusively broke right here on the OMG contest the following week, Lincoln University of California, the Division II team, which really is just in their second year of football, I think second or third year. That will end the home schedule on November 11th, and then, of course, the Florida Classic on November 8th. And uh, then, of course, uh, of course, uh, uh, December 2nd is the SWAC championship game, and uh, that that is that date there. So, uh Gentlemen, let's react to the schedule. Also, the investing champions package was released as well, along with the schedule. So we'll talk about that. But let's react instantly. Uh, some of the buzz from the past week. I'll start with you, Kofi, since you were instrumental in breaking that news, which we saw in in various places. Uh, your your thoughts, the reaction from Rather Nation, people you talked about, just in general, your on the twenty twenty three football schedule. Well, you know, for me, I think um, <clears throat> most of Rattler Nation was basically frustrated, you know, um, about the schedule because we know we have a good team, but uh, given the feedback that came from the NCAA committee, uh, we were hoping that we were going to have an additional opportunity for our um, we were going to create additional opportunities for our team. As of right now, um, for the team, there's only one postseason opportunity, and that's going to come down to what happens in September, what happens during the regular season. Um, we can't have any um, any mess ups, any uh, any mistakes because. It's gonna put an in, it's gonna take the ball out of our hands, and we don't want that. We had two opportunities. We we chose to play West Florida, which, from a competition standpoint, is a really, really, really strong team. Um, the Rattlers will have to play not just well; they have to play very well to beat that team. The problem with playing West Florida is there's nothing to gain from playing West Florida. Um, if we beat them, people expect us to beat them. Um, but this is a team 
that is capable of beating FAMU. So we have to, um, <laughs> we can't lose that game. You know, that's going to look very bad. So not only did you play a Division II team, you played a Division II team that can beat you straight up, head to head, you know. So they can't have that. Then you had the other opportunity to schedule somebody else, and you chose Lincoln University to play. I get it. You know, you had one by week. You you get an opportunity to um, bring a team to brag that gives us four home games without having to pay an extreme guarantee. Um, for those that don't know, when you play out-of-conference teams in FCS, it does carry with it a guarantee of some sort. Um, for instance, when we played Tennessee State down in Tampa, they received the guarantee of $350,000. So Tennessee State has a number. Other schools have a number. When we played Tuskegee, I believe that number was $75,000. Correct me if I'm wrong. But that number was $75,000 because they were a D2 school. But the brand of Tuskegee does carry some weight. So that's why that brand, the, the number was seventy five dollars you play an FCS school like a Mercer or one of those other schools, it's going to cost more money, which that could have been an excuse. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not giving anyone necessarily a pass because you have to bring the team cross country. So that in itself costs money, you know, plus the little guarantee or whatever you were going to give them while, you know, it should be uh, a solid victory. It should be, I'm going to say, an easy victory for FAMU. Um, that being said, you know, there are so many other teams within the region that seem to be available that we could have played, even if it's a D2. If we're going to give that money away, why not give that money to an HBCU you know, and do something with it with the opportunity of bringing those, bringing uh, that team to Bragg as a fourth home game. Um, now, here's the challenge for Bragg Nation, uh, not Bragg Nation, not just Bragg Nation, but Rattler Nation. We've never sold more than 6,000 season tickets, you know, and we've taken matters into saying, well, it's who we plan, and by now, we should have a clear understanding on the meaning of season tickets. Irregardless of who we play, we need to find a way to support the team. And, I, you know, I put a number out there, 10,000 season tickets. We get 10,000 season tickets. I think that that is a plus for our athletic department and for the football program uh, in particular. Uh we should average. We've never averaged at home. Uh, and we haven't averaged at home in a long time to say over 20,000 people a game. I don't think we've done it. But at least we should set a goal, not just for the team, but also for Rattler Nation to at least finish second or third because Jackson State's going to finish first. But if we can be top three in attendance, that'll be good, which means we got to find somebody that's going to count the people that's coming in the gate.
just wanted to put that out there because they didn't seem like they could count last year. It seemed like they needed to go to Sesame Street and learn how to count, you know, just getting stuff just all messed up. Get the system right, count the people that come through the gate, give them a number, boost the number, and report the right numbers, people. But that being said, we get 10,000 season tickets. That would really, really, really be a plus. People, the schedule is finalized. Please stop wishing we gonna play some. We not, the schedule is finalized. It's out now, it's released by the department. The schedule is finalized. Gonna put it on the screen if you can hear me. The schedule is finalized. The only thing that could possibly change is the time of the game, or maybe even if, if we get some type of deal from ESPN or one of these other networks to move the game to another date. Other than that, the schedule is set. We playing who we playing. We ain't got time to blame. I, you know, we don't have time to play that whole blame game. That's a bunch of mess. We don't want to be that, that messy show. You know, what I can tell you is, you know, from my understanding, uh, you know, the department was really understaffed. After Gaucher left, there was really only one or two people in the department to have to do everything. And we saw what happened to compliance. We saw what happened to everything else. That also affects the schedule somewhat. Not giving them a pass, but, you know, it is what it is at this point. So let's make lemonade. Let's make a good meal like we are on shop. You you make what they give you to make with. And let's make the most out of this by making this a historic season for FAMU and Rattler Nation. And I think we can do that. Well said. Kelvin, what are your your thoughts? First of all, I'll get my season ticket package and, and I'll, I'll be in the spot for all the games, uh, home games this year. Uh, but uh, in terms of the schedule, uh, I just talk facts. Um, it is disappointing for me. We got three out-of-conference games. All of them are PWCs, no HBCUs. Uh, I don't mind. Uh, I actually advocate playing a PWC, but I wanted it to be a FCS PWC. Of course, we've been playing the, the, the Power 5 and Group 5 PWCs for a while, and it was already on the South Florida, was already on the schedule. I have no issue with that game. Um, it's in our region, our footprint. Uh, it's a recruiting hotbed for us. We got a fan base there. Um, it's a game that we should be competitive in a little bit. Um, uh, so so I, I, I can deal with that. But we essentially uh, get, uh, took South Carolina State and um, the Albany State, Fort Valley State, B2 out of the equation. They're a regional school. They're in our footprint. We got history with them. They could use the money um, if we were going to play a D2. Uh, and... Um, and we have, you know, we were all part of the SIAC at one time. We and we played those schools a lot, so we we got we gave up our friends for 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 for, for uh, unfamiliarity. And like Kobe said, with two TWC D twos, uh, there's really not a win in it for FAMU. Um, it doesn't do anything for us. 
but sets us up for ridicule. You know, like you said, if you win those games, it's good, but you expect to win. If you lose those games, it's an embarrassment. Um, it, it gives you no room for error in, in running the SWAT schedule at this point. You have when we got a lot of road games in, in SWAT this year. We go to Houston uh, with, a, with a very good test Southern squad. We go to Alabama A&M, who's returning a lot of their team and restocking. We go to Baton Rouge to play a very good Southern squad. So uh, it ain't no game. We got some landmines in there, and it would be nice to just have uh, that 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 extra cushion in there uh, for uh, multiple opportunities for postseason. Um, so, with, with that being said, uh, you know I'm all about strategically um, putting together schedules. COVID mentioned about home attendance and and some other things. My fear is is that. Um, it forces some of our fan base instead of choosing Tallahassee to travel to for home games because we got two PWCs uh, at home that that they may uh, choose to go to Baton Rouge and Tampa and Miami and and on uh, Houston instead. So I mean, that's that's what the schedule does. Uh, with that being said, we we anticipated to have a really good team. We'll probably be favored to, to win the swag, and so we need to get behind his team and um and, and cheer them on when you show up in numbers let me uh clarify a couple of things that i'm seeing here in uh the chat rooms a um i know ea just said that uh he, he was watching dr Gaville's show yesterday and let me let everybody know the the schedule the same schedule that we posted last week and we told everybody that was unofficial Okay, we were just giving everybody sort of the advance heads up notice that that was most likely to schedule as we knew it, right? Became official at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time today, tonight. So the same schedule that we gave you guys last week, it's on famuathletics.com, probably being posted on social media. It is official. So, yes, as Dr. Cavill and uh, Coach Simmons were talking on last night's show, um, he couldn't comment on it being official because today hadn't happened. And in, he was referring to our schedule release, uh, which, you know, like I said, turned out to be correct. So that's a win, win for us, win for the show. Um, we gave you a heads up. So it is official. Uh, now, the biggest question, look, like, Kelvin, you just said it. We, we ripped other schools. Hell, we ripped teams for playing VUL. And other schools, um, you know, th that look, we just gonna have to take the 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 all the stuff that's gonna come with playing uh, two division two teams at home, non HBCUs. We just gonna have to take that Rattler Nation. But at the end of the day, as Coach Simmons's tweet said, with the little image of the celebration bowl and the finger pointing down at it, that's the goal. We are all in on the celebration bowl. There will be no playoffs if we don't win the SWAC East or the SWAC championship. Well, obviously, if we get to the SWAC championship game, the playoffs will be happening. So it's all about getting to the SWAC championship game and then getting to the celebration bowl. There will be no playoffs uh, if we do not achieve our goal in the eight SWAC games. Okay, that's just how it's going to be this year. 
Okay, so let's everybody just deal with that. Now, the we can talk about the why and all the other stuff about where South Carolina State at and why. I we can I I can ask the question like I got a big question like you know we've had the interim we had the interim AD Michael Smith in there and we saw him make other moves. Why why wasn't he given the op or was he given the opportunity to work on this schedule uh, or was he not? You know, I'm very curious about that. Uh, you know, it's, it's not hard questions. to figure out. It's it, it ain't rocket science, bro. It, it, <laughs> well, I know, I know. This ain't rocket science. Tip, uh, These are AD Sykes didn't These are get started questions. to game. Come on, man. AD Sykes didn't I'm, get I'm, here until January the fourth. She didn't get saying, here to I'm, January the fourth. So, so in the well, look, Michael Smith hired two people on the eve of her taking the job or maybe let me rephrase that maybe their contracts got a finally approved but he obviously hired them before so why wasn't he given the opportunity to schedule and put the schedule in place to get us Duh, an opportunity he so did that it maybe... come on man this ain't rocket science you so think you're saying President this Robinson is put the schedule together no you think no. Shantae friday stroud put the schedule together no. Okay. Okay. So there was right. one athletic official with the power to pull the strings. And it just is what it is. We don't have time to necessarily Yeah, I got get you. Mad. I got you. It just is. I got you. He I'm did. I'm asking the question that everyone, okay. I'm asking <laughs> the question that other people in the chat room are asking. Okay. So we can, and okay. Investing in champions. I, I saw our good friend Marcus asking, some questions. Now, I know the Investing in Champions package, which if you go to that article on FAMUathletics.com at the bottom, scroll all the way down to the bottom of that article, you will see the new Investing in Champions package. And there are a lot of uh, options to include the Florida Classic in what would almost essentially be your fifth home game. If you were to, if you were to think of your package as a five home game package, well, Florida Classic will really be on the Really six if you include the OBC, but but oh maybe. yeah, the OBC is on there. The OBC is on there. Yes, okay. Um, so you have an opportunity to add not only the OBC but the Florida Classic as well. Now I don't know how does that work because if I'm reading these columns correctly, Kelvin. You you are an experienced uh, you know person on these. Explain a little bit how these columns and rows work. If I were if I wanted to get the Orange Blossom Classic and the uh, Florida Classic, what what do you see in there in terms of value? What what makes sense? What looks off to you? So essentially, you you have uh, what is it? Eight tiers of uh, the investing champion package starting at the green rattler level which is the thousand dollar level and you have to go up a tier to get to add the orange blossom classic tickets which is at the fifteen hundred dollar level and then if you want the uh also the uh and you get the north end zone also if you if you uh at the next level champion level, which is at the twenty five hundred level that that'll get you uh four on orange blossom classic on orange blossom classic tickets um and then the florida classic don't come into the civil rally which is at the three thousand dollar level um here's what i would say 
um you get a parking pass which each one of those level only one up to the silver if you compare it to previous years um it, it is what it is when you do the investment champion package the value is supporting the athletic program essentially uh because because the season tickets package will come out uh and they'll probably run for two somewhere around 300 bucks right 250 300 bucks for uh, a season ticket so uh and that's the clues no parking you can also add basketball season ticket package uh look like they kept those uh packages the same but it's all our cards an add-on where you get two basketball season tickets for 150 dollars you get uh what they call a full court season tickets which is basically uh your two tickets plus passes to go eat and drink at a little area for 250 dollars then they have a 400 dollar uh where you get four um basketball tickets and four passes to the special area and a reserved parking pass so those are add-on basketballs at least an add-on which wasn't an option um this past season so that's that's a good thing that's a plus uh i really thought you hit me at one time then then it hit me multiple times you know uh so in terms of value you got four home games two of the home games against pwcs uh division twos it's not attractive at the end of the day so um for some people it's not attractive so uh you know but you get invest and tell me a package to support the program uh at the end of the day so um you know uh is it that there's there's value at the higher levels uh but you know the purpose is to support the program and uh I, i'll leave so, it there for now. one minute so, kofi before we got to go to break with our next guest go ahead get your point in there so basically i mean Moving on from 23, 2024 schedule is basically already set. Whoa, so, whoa, 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 don't, 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 let's, let's hold that. That, cause you did a great job with talking about 2024 and I don't want that to get lost in this segment. Uh, is there anything you wanted to quickly add about investing in champions package? Nah, 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 we good. I mean, just get, okay. let's support okay. the team. Let's support the athletic department and keep it moving. Let's go. Well said. Well said. We'll come back to talking about 2024 in the second hour. You did a great breakdown of that. I, I've seen in a couple places, so I, I love that. So we'll talk about that on the uh, in the second hour. But coming up uh, on the other side of this break, uh, base uh, softball season is starting up this upcoming weekend, and we're talking up next to one of our all-conference players. Uh, Naya Morgan will be coming up here on the other side. We're going to talk to her about the start of the season. And we're going to see uh, she was one of the top double hitters, home run hitters. And we're going to see how she's going to double that and match that this upcoming season. So hang in there with us. We come back on the other side with Naya Morgan. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. Seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue.
Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. The quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. You're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. One bite of 100% Angus Beef Ballpark Frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thins reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplified Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplified Development Services. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford here. I promise I'm not live from the parking lot or out in Beirut or anywhere. Uh, just having some uh, audio visual difficulties. Uh, that's Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. And joining us is our all swack. Uh, let me see. Let me see if I can get all the accolades up. Uh, led the conference in doubles a year ago, uh, fifth in RBIs, fifth in home runs. 
Um, top 10 slugging percentage. Uh, it's the catcher. Played and started in all 48 games last year. Miss Naya Morgan. Naya, welcome to the ONG. Thanks for coming on tonight. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, we are we are blessed, and uh, we, we thank you for, for coming on the show and talking with us. Um, so, hey, let's get right into it because uh, I know we were just kind of talking off uh, in, in offline in, in the break there. Uh, the softball team just had their fan day experience on Saturday. Uh, so let's start by just telling us how that went. Kind of update us because uh, last week we had Coach Patterson on telling us about it. So we get you on to kind of tell us uh, after the event how it went. It went really good. We ended up having a lot more fans than we expected to have, which is good. Um, we signed a bunch of papers. We saw little kids got to enter interact with them, which was really good. Uh, FAMU DRS ended up coming. We're trying to bridge the gap between us and them so that we can go to more of their softball games and they can come to ours. Right. I know I know Coach talk, it talked about that being something she was uh, really pushing hard. Um, what do you – how do you uh, – talk a little bit about the relationship of just reaching back to younger athletes and maybe relate that to, to influences in your life uh, that, that brought you or that inspired you to want to play softball? Um, so as far as, uh, being able to reach out to younger athletes and things like that, um, I know that it is very important for young female African-American athletes to realize that there is, there are people doing things that they want to do when they get older now that are African-American and did go through all the hardships younger. So. Right. Right. All right. Um, so uh, before I turn it over to to my guys here, let's start with a little bit of your background. Uh, you're, you're from Jacksonville, correct? Um, tell us a little bit about how you found your way to to FAMU. Uh, I know originally you were at a different school. Uh, what was it that attracted you to FAMU? How and why did you end up getting to uh, FAMU? Um, so my dad is actually an alumnus of FAMU, which kind of drew me there uh, after I realized that it was time for me to leave Stetson. So uh, my dad has actually been trying to get me to FAMU since I started playing ball. But, you know, I had to go experience other things first to realize this is where I needed to be. So... <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. It, it, it happens sometime. You know, it, take, it takes it takes some time. Uh, Ke Kelvin, go ahead there. So you, 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 the season is getting ready to start. Uh, I, I'm looking at the preseason um, prediction order of finish for the East Division. And they have uh, FAMU uh, at fourth with Alabama State, Jackson State, and Bethune ahead of us. Uh, just just talk about your goals personally for this year this season and if there and, and if there are any what what the team goals are uh for me personally my goals are to just do better uh i me i didn't have the season i wanted to have last year in regards to like my batting average and my fielding percentage so that for me is just trying to hone in on 
what I need to do as a player to get to the standard that I hold myself to. Um, in regards to the team, we just want to be SWAT champions. That's really all it is. Um, it's either we do it or we do it. So. Okay, the follow-up like to that is. Like that. Yeah, yeah, the follow-up to that is how, how, how do you feel about the, the squad that we filled in this year? Uh, you know, uh, how, how are we coming along? Good, actually really good. We have a bunch of good athletes on our team, which is very good. We have a lot of girls that are coachable, which is also very good, and many girls that can play a couple positions. So that's pretty good. Awesome, awesome. Go ahead, Kofi. Well, I'm excited. Uh, tell me about your your off-season training. Like, when you're not practicing with the team, what are some of the things that you do to make sure that you are in top form going into preseason camp? Um, I, Me personally, I just hit a lot. So, like, I'll go, even if it's at 10 p.m., I'll go to the field. I'll hit some balls off the tee. I have a friend that comes with me. She'll throw front toss, and we'll just throw front toss to each other. Uh, for me, fielding, I wouldn't say it's not a problem, but it's not something that is very detrimental to my game. Hitting is really where it's at. So I just try to hit a lot in the offseason, try to perfect some things that I may think I struggle with. Awesome. And and talk about fielding. You are a catcher. Uh, even though you played a little bit of third base. Uh, what <laughs> do you did you start? And I don't know this because I didn't I, I couldn't find this in the stats. Did you how much of the game now you played and started in all 48? What did you, you did you play all catcher in those or what what percentage did you play between catcher and infield? Um, I kind of split half and half. I probably played more uh like sixty five percent catcher, but I did split it um between third base and catcher for most of the time. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. But I did catch a lot towards the end of the season when we got into more conference games. So when uh, when Friday rolls around uh, 11 a.m., I think is that first game, or are you behind the plate, or are you on the hot corner? Which uh, where will you be starting? Um, I'm not sure. She hasn't talked to me about it, but I think I'll be catching that game. Okay. Just to start okay. The season off. So so let's so here's what I've been told and heard: being the catcher. Is sort of like being the the, the quarterback uh, of the uh, of the team, and you have to you not only you're working with the pitcher, but you got to work with everybody else. Uh, do you like that role as the catcher? Talk a little bit about <clears throat> that role of being the catcher uh, versus being that third base infielder. Um, as a catcher, you have to be the commander of the field because you can see all of it. So we are in charge of telling people where the plays go, uh, just keeping people in tune with the game and what's going on. So like, just stuff like that. Um, at third base, I wouldn't say you get to take time off from thinking so much, but it's um, you get to take a little bit of time off. It's not lax, but you do get to take a little bit of time off from thinking because it's the catcher's job to think, really. Because you don't want your pitchers thinking too much. You don't want your um, infield or outfield thinking too much. Because if they don't know, then the play's not going to happen. 
Nice, nice. And and were you uh you you played both kind of growing up all through high school and everything? Is that correct? Uh no. So in high school, I was actually on my high school team in sixth grade because I went to a school that was kindergarten through twelve. So right. uh, I was on my high school team in sixth grade, and I played third a lot, a lot. And then um, during travel ball, I caught a lot. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, okay. That's a, that's a heck of a transition. Hi, we'll talk about that a little bit. I'm curious about how you make that transition. I won't hog up all the questions from my guys, so we'll, we'll come back to it. Kelvin, go ahead. Do I want you to talk about your approach to uh, from game to game. Like I believe Friday, you all have a double header. So do yes, you approach? So do you approach that first game differently, knowing that you got a second game the same day? Uh, uh, and does it vary on whether you catching versus being at third base? Just kind of talk about how you approach and, and do your game management on game day with double headers. Um, so I usually do start catching like on the days that we do have double headers, I'll start behind the plate, which I know that and just knowing that before I go into the game also does help so I can mentally prepare myself for the role that I have to take. Um, but nothing really changes. I know for me, uh, behind the plate, throwing wise, it's a different arm slot. So just being able to prepare myself for the different arm slots of throwing helps a lot. Go ahead, Kofi. Okay. Well, you know, being in Tallahassee, there are three softball teams or three collegiate softball teams. Um, do you guys have uh, an opportunity to practice against one another, play, play, play games over the summer? Um, or do you all have any type of league thing where there's more interaction where you guys can uh, continue to progress or make uh, or play against those guys or no? Ladies. Uh, yes. So during the our fall season, we play about five games and we usually do try to fit in games against TCC. Um, and during our spring season, we usually play FSU. Once so do you all practice? So do you all uh, exchange numbers and practice outside of your structure practices? Do you all keep in contact or everything is focused around what you do at FAM? Everything's usually focused around what we do at FAM. We don't really keep in contact with TCC or FSU. I know us players don't because we're worried about like what we have going on here. So. I understand. So you're excited about the SWAC tournament this year? Where is it? I don't know where it is. It's probably in Mississippi again, but um, I'm very excited. I'm glad to be there and glad to get the opportunity to be there again because I know we're going to make it. So I'll just be excited to be there with my team. All right, y'all turn it out. Let's go. <laughs> let me let me follow up on that uh, with Kofi's question about the SWAC. Um, obviously, one year in, first season in the SWAC last year. Give us uh, your, as best as you can, give us your, your analysis of our opponents in the SWAC uh, from what you saw last year to uh, what, you, what you kind of expect going into this year. 
Um, I expect us to have a target on our backs this year, especially because the we made it to the SWAC tournament last year, and they didn't really expect us to make it to the SWAC tournament at all. So I feel Why? like this year, I don't know, because we were the first. It was our first year in the SWAC, so they just expected us to be lesser than. But FAMU is never that. So um, that. when when we are going into the SWAC, I think we're gonna do great. Um, the other teams really underestimate us, but that's good because we have a chance to show who we are. Um, Coach Patterson last week felt really good about uh, this team being a, 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 I don't know if she could quite use the word better, but a bigger hitting team this year. Obviously, that's going to be surrounded uh, with, with you uh, there at the lead. But uh, I know you were very excited. She was one of the reasons why you came to, to FAMU. Uh, talk a little bit about Coach Patterson, her style, what she's asking of you guys this year uh, compared to, to, to last season. Um. So Coach P, she has a very different coaching style just because she's more focused on how we're feeling. So like at the beginning of practice every day, she'll ask us how we are, which is good because it's a lot going around right now. So for us to be who we are and the woman that we are, that's very important for us. So uh, caring more about the athlete itself rather than the sport more than the athlete really will help us this season. And she's great at doing that. Um, practices are very structured. We are out there doing things that we weren't doing last year. We're out there for a lot longer than we were last year. So I think that will help with endurance wise when we get to game play, we'll be able to play those seven inning games. Yeah. Let me ask this, because A.D. Sykes came in, uh, sat with you all and had a meeting with you all. What has that transition been like under her leadership and what do you like about her? I really love A.D. Sykes. Um, she is very in our face as the softball team and as women athletics in general. She's just trying to make our presence known on campus because we do feel like we're um, not in the spotlight. So for her to come in and really hone in on the woman athletes is very crucial and beneficial for us to get more seeing time in the spotlight. All right. And, look, and looking at the, the roster, y'all have 11 seniors. So, yes. uh, <laughs> it, it, so explain to me. Uh, you know, being you one of those seniors, so kind of explain to me uh, what that means in terms of leadership and um, and and how, how having an experienced team uh, can help this season. So, um, yes, there are 11 seniors. Um, that just means that the recruiting class coming in after us has to be big as well because you do have to replace 11 bodies. So, um for us, leadership is more on a show what you know how to do on the field rather than uh, speaking leadership because that's 11 voices trying to say the same thing is a lot harder than just one voice. 
So we just try to show in actions rather than words. Okay. All right. Um, That's you, good. You actually right have, I like that. You, you, you actually have, you have two years of eligibility. So this isn't like, a, this isn't a, a, hopefully not a, a final senior season, right? Am I correct in that? You have two years of eligibility? Yes, sir. All right. Um, I'd, I'd like for you to kind of give us the she, now coach P gave us a little bit about the pitchers. She told us we got three very good pitchers. Uh, of course, uh, probably the more well-known coming back this year is Christiana Beasley, uh, who was part of the uh, preseason all swag, but, but tell us about the three as, as the catcher, you got to know these young ladies, uh, and what they, what they do, what they don't do, what they like, how they like to be talked to. Uh, so give us a, give us a breakdown of your, of your pitching staff, of our pitching staff this year? So, like you said, I do have to know the pitchers and really know how to talk to them because each player needs something different. So for Christiana, she's very straightforward. She would want you to just tell her how it is. Um, and the same with Nadia. Nadia is very, but Nadia really goes off of the catcher's facial expressions. So for me, when I'm catching Nadia, I just have to make sure that I'm smiling at her, telling her she's doing a good job, just telling her, uh, hit me right here, like hit these spots, you got this, it's me and you, stuff like that. Um, with Lauren, she's more of a bubbly pitcher. So it's kind of the same with Nadia. You do have to smile at her a lot and you just have to let her do her thing because if she's trying to do something else or trying to be too serious, she won't pitch as well as she wants to pitch. So, yeah, that's the pictures. <laughs> All right, that's a that's a great breakdown. Great breakdown. Um, and and I know we as fans, is there anything that we as fans need to be aware of when we come to the to the crowd? I mean, who who feed which who who on the staff feeds off the juice from the from the crowd? The whole team. We love All when right. the crowd is involved in our chants, our cheers when they're. Uh, trying to talk at the other team. We love that kind of stuff because that's more people on our side. So tell me, tell me of the, of the fan bases in the SWAC and be honest, we can take criticism and everything. Which one was the most exciting and intimidating uh, crowd that you all saw in the SWAC last year? If it's us, it's us. If it's not, let us know so we can step up. <laughs> um, most intimidating mississippi valley state they were probably what? the most they had a I was there they had a lot i can see that at their games they had a bunch of student athletes they had a bunch of parents just talking trash to us stuff like that so that was probably like the most intimidating what? crowd in the swag that i've been around what? <laughs> you know, after look after after our get after our good friend, hey, you you know, can you imagine a whole crowd of people like that just talking and Ooh. boy, look, Jesus, did they have the smell of fried catfish? Did they have the smell of fried catfish up in there though? No. Did you smell the fish? No. You couldn't smell the fish. No. <laughs> what about gr no grits, fish, no ribs, no tailgate? They was just straight in y'all face, calling y'all up every yes. name except the child yes. of God. Yes. Okay. 
Jesus. Wow, right. that's a shock. Okay. Yeah, that, that is a shock. It. That is a shock. Um, Naya, before we let you go, we got to ask about the stroll. We waited until the end. You got to tell us because, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, the softball program has gotten. Besides its good play, a lot of for the stroll. So, uh, kind of, kind of give. Now, I don't imagine you you had a lot of strolls that y'all did at Stetson, right? There weren't a lot of strolls. No. Okay. Yeah. We didn't have right. any at all. Yeah. So, so talk a little bit about the strolls. Who's the who's the who's the stroll leader? Or I might not be saying that right. You know, I didn't play it or nothing like that, so I don't know anything about strolling, but. But give us a breakdown of the strolls, the softball strolls. Well, really, so last year when I came is when we tried to implement it back into the program because it was there when some of my teammates' sisters were on the team. So that's when we tried to implement it back into the program. Um, I usually am the point of the stroll, and then we just go from there. Oh, so you you're the point. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. And what's the so is it is it one particular song that that we try to work off of? Uh, are you working on other songs, other strolls? Give us some, give us some, give us a little background on that. So the song that we stroll to is "Wipe Me Down," um, but we're trying to get another stroll to another song. We just haven't really had time to sit and think of what moves we want to go in the stroll. So. That gotcha. is a TBA, but gotcha. it might be coming this season. <laughs> right, right. Now, Kelvin Kelvin has already agreed to come learn a stroll whenever y'all ready. <laughs> he, he promises to come learn. I'm putting you out there, Kelvin. So I'm I, down. I know, I'm down. I know, I know, yeah, I know, I know. We, we, you know, and, and Kofi might even come join in too. Kofi's got some moves, so uh, we, we're down for it. Um, and I got it. I got to say, you guys do have some great chance. I, I still can't, I got, I get a chill up my spine. Whoever did the who let the dogs out chant, I gotta record that because that that chant was like that was vicious. I we y'all did that against Jackson State and them little tigers, they they pulled up in a little corner and y'all shook them. <laughs> y'all I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I, I was at that game. That chant started and I just watched their whole clubhouse and they were like, Oh my god, what are they doing? And it just y'all really shook them that day. So I think we won that one too. So um, all right. So, hey, Naya, uh, give, let us, I'm going to give you the last word. Any, anybody you want to shout out? I think your dad is in the chat room. He's been in the chat room chatting it up with everybody. <laughs> What's up, dad? Uh, what up, Rattler? <laughs> uh, so any, any shout outs you want to give, anything you want to tell us? Uh, I'm going to give you the last word, Naya. I think you guys should really come and support us this year. Everybody that is um, listening in because we really need the support and we thrive off the crowd. So that is very important for us. Um, and I want to shout out my dad. Hey, dad. And my mom, if she's watching. Hey, mom. And then Aww. I want to shout out uh, Josh, our camera guy and social media networking guy, and my best friend, Janaya. <laughs> All right. Let's go. All right. All righty. All righty. Uh, Rattler Nation in Georgia, Rattler Nation in Macon, Georgia, Atlanta. This weekend, the season begins. We're playing five games in the Macon tournament beginning Friday afternoon against Jacksonville State, 3 p.m. Eastern. Then we have a night match against a uh, night game against Mercer, the whole school at 8 p.m. 
Then we get a take on Hampton. I know that'll be a that'll be an exciting one. We get a chance. What, what was the young lady's name who pitched in the in the uh, in the Little League World Series? She's still playing with Hampton. Um, I can't even remember her name, but but uh, we play Hampton at eleven thirty on Saturday, Army on Sunday, and University of Buffalo on Sunday. So a great weekend, great opportunity to come out to Mercer University in Macon, Georgia. Support the Lady Rattlers. Come see one, two. Go see all five games this weekend. And uh, look out for Naya, you know, hitting some bombs, some doubles, catching it up. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a great weekend. We're excited for you guys, Naya, because Coach P, she got us excited. I mean, I, I look, we got a big expectation for you guys, and, and I, I know you guys do too. So uh, we wish you uh, much success this year good health and we look forward to uh meeting you in person and uh and and watching you all play all right thank Watch you down. Watch it down. Watch <laughs> there it is Get your stroll on, everybody. Get your stroll on. All right. We're going to come back on the other side of the break with more. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in a moment. Wipe me down. Wipe me down. That spin class was brutal. You can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. Everybody get your roll on. Everybody, everybody get your stroll on. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. It's uh, Brian in a remote location. Uh, Kelvin, Kofi in their home studios. 
Uh, doing all right tonight. Mississippi probably got the toughest place in the swag. Hey, you know what? I, I can see that. I can see that, man. Just, you know, country folk just talking smack. I mean. You look, know what I, I think the, the toughest place in basketball is? Uh, hold on. Alabama A&M. No. No? Where? Cookman. No, they're so far away from the floor, though. I don't think it's Cookman. No, they're not. In that little, they're right that on little the floor. gym. Yeah, yes. but only on when it's packed, yeah, but only on that one side though. That one side though. I don't I know. I think Cookman. I think when it's that, packed, Cookman. Yeah, I, I think Cookman's that's pretty tough. That's, that's student. Yeah, no, that that student section for Alabama A and M. I've heard stories listening to Coach Pedway. Uh, when he when he's on the Carlos Brown show, and and I've seen, I've watched a couple of games. Those those guys, those kids, they got some interesting like sections, like organized stuff. I've even heard Southern has, uh, you know, I don't I don't know about nowadays, but I know Southern used to have uh, a really strong fan interaction with their basketball program on the road, you know, the kind of stuff they'll talk mess to you and have you ready to go fight up in the crowd. You know, that, that kind of noise, you know, that's um, typical Southern, so, but they, their game, I've been looking at them and their games aren't all that packed. I'm shocked. Yeah. It's a, it's a you know, a it's good team. There are some beautiful arenas. I mean, again, we, we're in one, but there are some beautiful arenas in the SWAT that really yeah. go, uh, that, that don't go uh, as filled as I really wish they would. Like every time I watch a Southern or even a Prairie, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm probably speaking, you know, ill of the dead, but I mean, I, I, they just don't look like they're very crowded. I mean, maybe they, they, they probably feel 50, 60%, but those gyms, those arenas, man, they should be 80, 90%. And uh, you know, I, I if, agree. if we can, yeah, we got 75% capacity. If we would hit that mark, you imagine what the Lawson would be like. That would be ridiculous if we would hit. And 75. the revenue would be better for athletics. Amen. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Uh, make sure you guys are following us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Uh, also, download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google Play and Apple App Store. Just search my JBN, my BCSN. Uh, hit the thumbs up. If you're watching the show right now on uh, YouTube or Facebook, hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed to us and uh, go ahead and uh, and and share. So what we're going to do is this segment, we're going to open it up live. This is what we call the uh, mailbag portion. We haven't done one of these in a while, but uh, we, we think we've got the phone lines ready to roll. So we're going to open it up to uh, Rattler Nation. Uh, anybody that wants to uh, give us a call and uh, share some thoughts. Open segment. Any thoughts on anything? Give me about a couple minutes to talk. We're not going to let you get on here and talk for five, ten minutes because we don't have that kind of time. So, you know, when we come, when we come to you, give us your name. Tell us where you're from. And, um, you know, get in and out. Quick comments, and we'll go from there. All right, here's the number. Uh, and, and if uh, one of you guys are able to type it up into the chats, that'd be great. The phone number is 678-383-7623. Again, that's 
7623. Uh, Producer Roy, phone lines will be, he'll be checking them out, ready for them as they come in. So if anybody wants to call in, get, get it off your chest. Now, let us know. Do you like the schedule? Why don't you like the schedule? Um, you know, are, are you going to be purchasing your tickets, your season tickets, investing in champions? Um, what do you think of basketball right now? Obviously, we had the big uh, two-game sweep at Texas Southern. That's big. Uh, unfortunately, the, the loss with a man. Here we go. First caller of the night. Let's kind of find out who we got on the line talking with us. Hello, caller. What's your name and where are you from? Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you from? Next. They hung up. Oh, they actually hung up. All right. So I guess they were just trying to see, does it actually work? Uh, so again, that's six, seven, eight. Three eight three seven six two three. Uh, Mr. Morgan was there. Corinthian Morgan. Hey man, your your daughter. Excellent interview. Uh, we're looking forward to following. Thank you for coming on. And uh, great job, Dad, on recruiting your daughter, getting your daughter to FAMU. Great job. Uh, that was a great interview. Love talking to uh, Naya. Um, and we we hope to talk to her. Uh, a little bit uh, later on in the year, of course, we're all we can add uh, along with Janaya. We can add Naya to our favorite softball players. We'll get more softball players on during the year because we're gonna we're gonna form a great relationship with our softball program um, this upcoming uh, spring season. So, um, just I know uh, Josh is listening. So, Josh, we're gonna be hitting you up about every other week with a softball player. So we you know just letting you know now. Um, so again, while we're waiting on the phone calls, uh, did you guys put the number out there in the chat room? Uh, let's, while we're waiting on the phone calls to come in, let's kind of talk a little bit about the, uh, the little, the basketball weekend in Texas as, uh, FAMU traveled to do the Texas two-step with, uh, uh, Texas Southern and Prairie View, um, those of you who caught the show on Sunday realized that I unfortunately lost a bet with Dr. Cavill on that Prairie View men's game. So at some point, I'll be out. You searching. bet on fam, you basketball? I look, look, I was, I was feeling Bruh. it. Look, I was feeling it. We had just won two. Oh, look, look. Here. <laughs> 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 yes. You could have just yes. given me twenty dollars, and I would have been good. Like, you know, you know, you know. Smart betters make smart. Come on, man. Well, look. Here's what I've seen about the swag, right? I love uh, you. I I do too. I do too. And I, I ain't betting had... on our basketball team this year. <laughs> I, you have to pick spots. You have to pick spots. You gotta pick and spots. I... I pick it. I would pick it at home. Never. On the road just yet. This ain't that squad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't prepared for. You could have just given me twenty dollars, dog. I don't understand that one, Dad. No. I I understand. I understand. But but look, the way this team the look, the way this team had played. Look, I knew going that road game to Texas Southern. That game was uh, Texas Southern has not played 
at the level of the, they were a championship team a year ago. I mean, we, you know, what's funny about that road game one year ago, we went to Texas Southern. You remember this with a seven game win streak. That game was on NBA TV and they roasted us. They roasted us by about a good double digits. Yeah. Y'all remember that from a year ago? Um, yes, sir. Yeah. So, so this year we actually, except for maybe about a, Eight-minute stretch in the second half. We dominated that game uh, on the road this year against Texas Southern. And, um, you know, the the interesting part, when you watch the team that was up by eight, I think at one point in the second half, gave up a 16-0 run and then found a way to fight themselves back into winning that game by eight. Um. That was probably the most complete performance we've seen all season from uh, from FAMU. And, and I think a big, big reason for that, if you go look over the last four games, uh, that would be big, big part uh, of that is Noah Marin. Uh, Noah Marin, who is a grad student, transfer from Brown, a six-five guard. He's number fifteen. Uh, in the last four games, he scored 15, 15, 20, 20 and ten is actually what he had against Texas Southern, and then he had fourteen. Even in the thirty-point loss to Prairie View, he still had fourteen. Uh, so uh, he's been playing about thirty minutes a game over that stretch. And we are actually looking like a better team. I mean, look, we had, we had the, uh, uh, we were two and two in that stretch, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, we had the two-game win streak, um, and I think we had, I forgot who we had lost before that win streak started, but um, the men have looked better, and everybody really. In the men's division, they have – the only team who's streaking right now is Grambling. They've got a three-game win streak right now. Everybody else, it's win one, lose one. Win one, win two, lose two. I mean, so we're we're two games out of the eighth spot, two games out of the seventh spot. Bro, this weekend and next weekend, we could be right back in the tournament, which is where you say you want us to be, right, Kofi? You sound like you have hope. You sound like you have hope. My God. <laughs> hope. I do have hope. Hey, uh, we got another caller on the show. Hey, caller, what's your name? Where are you from? Yeah, uh, Dwayne Jacksonville. All right, Dwayne. Up, How you me? doing, man? What up? Hey, what's up, KR? <laughs> hey. What's up, Kobe? Right, hey, hey. Hey, so... So, so, um, so anyway, so yeah, no, I am not crazy about the schedule. I would have loved to play, you know, for us to, um, have played A&T, um, you know, Sanford, uh, one of those type schools that would have, you know, really been a good kind of situation for us, especially since we think we're, we're going to be really good this year, but, um, it kind of is what it is, but I really do wish we would have played a more competitive schedule. And 
like uh, KR was saying, I wish we would have uh, played, uh, not played, you know, all the uh, PWI. Sweet, let me ask and, you a question. Let me ask yes, you a sir. question, Sweet. Do you do you want to do you want to go to the Celebration Bowl or the playoffs? No, I mean, given given the option, because the Celebration Bowl is tied with money, then yeah, I I, I prefer to go to the uh, to the Celebration Bowl. But but given the option. I would probably say I'd probably select um, the uh, playoffs just because I think kids, the kids want to play the best against the best. And I think it helps when he's, it helps us with our name, but then it helps the kids with their draft, you know, selection. At least that's my opinion. All right. I mean, I, all right. I mean, I respect that, but I, I'm just wondering. We we always talk about the kids. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm hearing. And you guys tell me wrong. You tell me otherwise. I don't know if I'm hearing guys having this same debate that we have: playoffs versus celebration ball. I think the kids just want to play in the best opportunity, in the best place. And they're doing a lot for the celebration bowl. Those kids get a great bowl experience in the celebration bowl you go to the playoffs you you get that one game somewhere and then you got another game somewhere there's no bells and whistles you don't you don't get a bowl experience you know what i'm saying right. yeah but, you gotta go ahead but but i but i think but but i think the situation comes back to when you come and you're measuring yourself against a a higher brand, uh, at least in the, um, I guess the uh, NFL or recruit. I mean, the recruiters' site, the scout sites that you're measuring yourself against a higher brand of competition. And I think, like Coach was saying the other day, all the kids when they come in, they want to go to the NFL. That's what they talk about. And I do remember the, that excitement. Back in the Billy Joe days, when we were going to the playoffs and actually beating people, yeah, it was. I mean, that I'm still mad at Queen Gray today for throwing that interception. Oh, boy. Uh, and, <laughs> All right, sweet. All right, we appreciate the call. Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the show, yeah. guys. Appreciate you. Thank, appreciate thank you, you calling. Hey, look, I, I. Kelvin, I don't know, man. I, I'm telling you, I don't think these kids – I think these kids – look, Isaiah Land was rated as the third best player by Pro Football Focus at the the Reese's Senior Bowl. I mean, he, he played in, what, one playoff game as a junior. I mean, if if they if they if you got the talent, they gonna find you. He showcased what he did during the regular season. I mean, it, it, well, I mean, Jacoby Durant played in the Celebration Bowl and he got exactly drafted and is playing exactly. well. Exactly, exactly. I don't. Think he, but he, but but let's not mix things. You know, like you know, I, I don't think it's a either or type deal. Both of them are are are, are paths. 
uh, and I agree with Sweet that the when we went on the road and we were beating Appalachian State and Troy in their stadiums and Georgia Southern of the world, that 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 is a, a different kind of feeling. Uh, but but that was that a different competition. Yes. Uh, yes. But but in, at the end of the day, um, when it comes to talent, football talent, uh, you know they ain't making decisions off of. Uh, who they gonna draft because you played in the celebration bowl or if you played in the playoffs, right? And I, exactly. Uh, exactly. A lot, a lot of the a lot of the scouts will tell you, and a lot of the coaches will tell you that um, they saw the kids, you know, like with, with Jacoby Durant when he went up against Clemson. That's yeah. why he made his name, and and right. I, I can recall, I, I can recall uh, when we played uh, South Florida. Um, and of course, when we play Southeast Louisiana, uh, Zay, both of the Zays were lights out. Um, yes. Uh, uh, so, so I mean, they playing against better competition does uh, give them a better gauge. Um, and These so forth, people but, get on my darn nerves. So, but, but so I'm, with I'm that said, yeah. with with that said, then with that mindset. We should be, or those are those people who are worried about guys being drafted. You should be warning us to play more FBS teams, play these more, play uh, more no, money games. No, no, we, we just need to play one uh, because uh, at the end of the day, when we talk about having a good collegiate experience, part of that is uh, you know playing folks who are your peers who who compensate, you know, who, who you got a chance to win against. I mean, at the end of the day, our budget still eight point five million, so. It, it it makes no sense to be uh putting those guys in harm's way, playing three and four uh, uh FBS schools with budgets of fifty millions plus. I mean, it, it's not a fair fight. Gotcha. Six seven eight three eight three seven six two three. We want to hear from you guys. I know you guys find find some time. I know you want to get your voice heard. Six seven eight three eight three seven six two three. Let us know. I mean, I know there's a lot of talk. You got to deal with a lot of talk in the communities. Uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to eat the humble pie, as somebody said in the uh, in the chat room this year with our schedule. Um, you know, do do you feel like we can beat USF? I mean, USF has been a bad team. We should have beat them two years ago. Can we beat USF? I, mean, I think we can. Talking. I think we can too. Nobody's talking about it. It's like we're so focused on these two Division two teams. Let's talk about the USF opportunity we have in front of us. You know, you know Rattlers always we always we always think we got opportunity to win, when, especially when it comes to football. That's just our our, our, our mo. Um, but you know, when you the the reality is, the truth is, a lot of things have to go right when you are uh, trying to pull off upset. Can't turn the ball yes. over. You have to win time of possession. When you do get the ball in the red zones, you have to you have to score. Uh, you Touchdown. know, you got to beat. Touchdown. You got to you got to beat the refs. You know, you ain't gonna get the call. So that's and, and then you know you you have to be in the game in the third or fourth quarter. You have to be close enough where where that pressure be on. So you know that's a lot to happen. That's that's a lot that has to happen. But it's it's possible. We talent wise and depth wise at this point with what Coach Simmons has been building, uh, we're probably as close as we've ever been. Um, in the last 20 years to being able to pull off upset. So, again, so it's possible. But, yeah, but I, still, I want to say a lot, of, a lot of that has to do with being in those type of games 
how do you win the big game? The game that you absolutely 100% have to have. You have to go in with the mindset that you can win. That's one. Two, you have to, you have to believe in your game plan. You know, obviously off of your, your film study, all of that stuff. And I want to say that our adjustments that we made in the game were just not up to par. You know, yeah, you had Terrell Jennings and uh, McLeod. We were running the ball effectively against the University of South Florida. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, we tried to make McKay the hero. And I believe had we run the ball 10 more times, 10 Damn. to 12 more times, we would have had an opportunity at the end of the game to make some plays and be right there. The score was 38-17. You know, and USF scored a touchdown late. So it was there for the taking. Yes, it was. Just like it was the week before against Jackson State. It's just one of those seasons. Uh, let, Kofi, we, we, let's talk about 2024. Uh, okay. you, you, you started you started, and you brought up, you know, some uh, the schedule. Uh, some interesting things are already in place for the 2024 year. What's uh, – and I saw you put a good post out there. Let's talk about that. Well, and How that schedule is already developed. Yeah, in a nutshell, the schedule basically just switches, right? Um, and we're adding, it begins with us adding um, Troy and Miami, right? So those are two FBS schools that we're going to be playing. Then we'll be at Jackson State, at Alabama State, and at home we have Alabama A&M, Mississippi Valley, Southern University, and Texas Southern. We'll be at Prairie View, and uh, Bethune-Cookman will be the home team in the Florida Classic. So uh, we'll also play in the, the uh, SWAC MEAC Challenge in Atlanta next year. So we game, already folks. have 11 games. We just need one more game because next year we'll have the opportunity to play 12 games. So who that game is. It needs to be a home game, in my opinion. Yeah. Yes, it does. So there you have it. Now, here's the other thing, right? Because we're playing in Miami against the University of Miami, will they use that 12th game to make it a the, the Orange Blossom Classic and say, like, Jacksonville? Because we're already that, playing in Miami. That would be, you know what? That would be as much as, you know, you hate to be away from Bragg. Uh, if we're talking about where we have an opportunity to earn the most, it would make sense. Because Jacksonville is looking to host, just like what they did this past year with Jackson State and Bethune-Cookman. I've talked to the organizers with the city of Jacksonville. They want to do more games like that. They want to build a relationship with not only Bethune, but Florida A&M, 
and and bring a game like that. Now, I don't think you're going to get a conference game, but imagine, as you said, a South Carolina State or go even further, North Carolina A&T maybe. Or Tennessee State. Uh, well, you know. I was going to yeah, – possible. You know, or Mercer for that matter. I'm just saying if we have a 12th game, we, you know, Miami, us playing Miami is not going to be the Orange Blossom Classic. It's their home game. But if we move the Orange Blossom Classic to like a Jacksonville, uh, I have to put Tampa out there because uh, any smart marketer would try to make space to allow another city to bid on a game so you can try to make the most money. I think Tampa would offer the more money, but I think Jacksonville would be the better place. Uh, they've got a good airport. It's two hours away from Tally, and it's an opportunity to maximize our sponsorship opportunities. So that's just my own, thought. I just wanted to put that we, out there. We, we don't own the Orange Blossom Classic, by the way. The school does not yeah, own no. it. A Kendra Bullock owns it. We, but, but as we've talked to Miss Bullock, she would be wise to partner with Florida A&M because historically, I mean, look, her purchasing that game was rooted in the history, the history of, of the fact that Florida A&M has always been the signature uh, team to play in it. I, I don't, I don't know how many other orange blossom classics have not featured there has not been an Orange Blossom Classic without FAMU, and she came on the show and said that there, yes. there would not be. She couldn't imagine an Orange Blossom Classic without FAMU being in the game. So Exactly. Yeah, so it is what it is, uh, but if they want an opportunity, for me, I see the opportunity in one of the three Florida cities. Obviously, we already have the Florida Classic in Orlando. It wouldn't make sense to go twice there, though we've done that. It wouldn't make sense to go twice. Um, but Jacksonville is hungry. I live in Jacksonville. I can tell you that they are hungry to yes. to have a game in Jacksonville. And, and their space is turnaround time. Um, and it's easier for our opponents to be able to get to, especially a school like South Carolina State or North Carolina A&T is right down the street, right down 95. All right. Uh, we got another caller here before we take a break. Uh, hey, caller. Do me a favor, turn down your, uh, either your computer or hit mute there. Uh, what's your name? What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is your moderator tonight, Dr. Wilson, Dr. Lori. Hey, how you doing, Dr. Lori? I am good. I decided to call in because I wanted to get some more um, people to call in and talk. So I'm going to talk about what I feel about the schedule. I'm very disappointed. I'm disappointed, but let me just say this. I do understand the assignment. And the assignment is that we have some very good players. I mean, some good ones. And we have to understand we're in the swag, and we all should be tired of losing the Celebration Bowl. This is Sam Yu's time to finally go and um, and win this celebration bowl. That is the assignment. So we got to win because I'm tired of all these MEAC folks talking about us and saying, y'all need to come on back because the swag is whack. 
<laughs> so we need to concentrate on making sure that FAMU gets there to the Celebration Bowl and win it this time. Two years that um, uh, we the SWAC hasn't, hasn't won it. And so this is the time that we have to concentrate on making sure we win all those games and blow those uh, B2 teams out of the water. We got to do way better than barely winning. So we can go ahead and go to the Celebration Bowl and take that over. So I do understand the assignment. So I'm just going to focus on that. But we got some very good players. And I'm so happy that, you know, Sammy's going to be on top of the heat this time. And so we just need to concentrate. Don't let all the background noise, because folks don't talk, but we got to concentrate on making sure that we win the Celebration Bowl. That's the assignment. I love that. Understand the assignment. Well said. That's how you got to teach. You got to make sure we understand the assignment and don't get distracted. Well said, Dot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going back in the chat. So one thing I can say, I want to reiterate to everybody that, you know, we, you know, we are loving HBCU. We like for other HBCUs to come over, but this is definitely a Rattler space. I like for all our Rattler um, nation to be able to express themselves and um, be able to enjoy your show because I do. And so that's one thing we always going to be about uh, is each other. We like for other people to come over and enjoy us. But, you know, when you come to somebody's house, you're a guest. So you got to act accordingly because we're not going to go over to their stuff and say anything. So that's why I always want to monitor the chat and let everybody understand this is a Rattler space. Okay, guys, y'all doing a great job. We will kick you out. Well said. We'll kick you out and block you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I be well, Doc. I'm trying to provide some measure of therapy okay. to us. And be like, don't kick them out. Not yet. I'm trying to say something. <laughs> Next thing you know, they be gone. You be zigged. You can't find them. <laughs> mind, That's mind me. Okay, y'all. Y'all carry on. I couldn't right. take mind it. I just couldn't take it no more. I can't take hey, it. Let's, let's take a break, come back, and uh, get into a little more conversation on the other side. You're watching and listening to the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in a moment. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. The quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. You're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. One bite of 100% Angus Beef Ballpark Frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thins reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort. 
but the totally reinvented always alter this. This is always like never before. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi. Uh, Got to mention a few notes from the women's basketball weekend. Uh, our, our women's team also went one and one. Uh, of course, we mentioned the, the Texas Southern Sweep. Uh, then they played against Prairie View on uh, Monday. Lost by two points. Two points. Uh, a game that uh, they really – they had a bad third quarter. He had a tie game at halftime, uh, got down 20 uh, – gave up 21 points, only scored 12. So you're down by like uh, – what is the math on that? Nine or eight points in the uh, – uh, nine points. You're down nine Go at the end of the third. We fought back and got it all the way down to a, about a one- or two-point ball game but uh, didn't have enough to kind of close that game out with a win. Uh, one of the things that, that was kind of hurting us that weekend, or, or at least on Saturday, the injury bug has kind of hit us again. Uh, we only had seven players available for us that played. Now, we've already – I've seen Coach Pillow has already shortened the rotation for the women, and I think that's been a good thing. Uh, matter of fact, we have – in terms of minutes played uh, across the conference, we're the only school, really, us in Valley, that have four players playing 30 minutes or more. Uh, that's not a good thing unless you have that, – that four is really good. And our, our four, I think, is pretty good. I'm not going to say really, really good, but they're pretty good. The problem is when one goes down – it, it shows, and it was uh, Dylan Horton who wasn't available on Monday, and we were also without uh, Skylar Baltiziger, and she was out. She's a post. Uh, we, we missed her size, and I think if we would have had, especially if we would have had Dylan, who's averaging 14 points a game, uh, she's in the top 10 in scoring in the conference, we'd probably beat Prairie View. 
in that game. I oh, mean, yeah. I, 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 you know, and, and so we're – our women are sitting – now, we talk about the men and how many games we're sitting off of eighth. Uh, the women in the last four games, they have played really well. Uh, they're two and two. Obviously, they had the two-point loss to Prairie View. If you go back a couple of games to the Alabama State game, they lost that game in the fourth quarter, and they had a five-point lead going into it. Outscored 13-0 to points off turnovers. I mean, you, who are you going to beat when you – the turnover bug. But other than that game, our turnovers have been very low. Uh, can't speak to that the other night, though. Saturday we gave up – we had 30 turnovers. I mean, obviously, Jesus. I mean, when you have 30 turnovers and you only lose by two, I, you know, that that's one of the amazing things about our squad. Um, I will tell you, if you haven't really paid attention to where we sit within the uh, standings. Uh, FAMU is two games from the eighth spot, which right now Alcorn and Grambling are tied for that eighth spot. Uh, FAMU is... We're one of those strange teams where in terms of turnovers, we average 20 a game. That's actually down from 24 games just about three weeks ago. Which is still third worst in the conference. But in terms of assists, we have the fourth most assists per game in the league, just under 12. And then let's go to steals. Defensively, we got, as a team, we are first in steals with just under 12. And we have one, two, three, four ladies. No, one, two, three, four, five. Five in the top 15. Three in the top 10, averaging just about two steals a game. And then the other two right at 1.7, 1.6. So we just we just got to find a way to take care of the ball. You guys give me your thoughts on the women's basketball team right now at this point in the season. Well, the good thing is there's if we can stay healthy, they'll have an opportunity. I like the women's team more than I like the men's team right now. Um, I think that, you know, they have an opportunity to finish strong, and I think that that would bode well for her uh, if she is to remain. I would say the same thing for the men, but we're talking about the women. So for, if Coach Pillow can really finish strong on a win streak, um, with the remaining games that we have, uh, I think we'll be trending in the right direction. I, I would like for us to get out of that eighth spot. Obviously, Jackson State is sitting there leading the conference with a 10-1 and record, two games over the second-place team. But I, I'm, I know you'll call me crazy. I know a lot of people already have. And I know I see this team with rose-colored glasses, but I like our chances versus everyone but Jackson State in this conference. I, I really do. I, I just think because the one bugaboo is the one fixable thing. You know, it's it's not that we can't score. 
It's not that we can't defend. We can't. You can fix turnovers. I, I think, especially unforced turnovers. Don't do that, Kelvin. Don't do it. I know you're looking side eye at me, and Kofi's smiling at me. I'm not talking underneath the mask. I'm being real. You can fix the unforced turnovers. I'm, you know, it, 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 it's true. It's true. I I'm, believe you, and I agree with you. Okay, I believe that the women's team, if we're healthy, we have an opportunity to really, really finish strong and make a statement. And if Prairie View can beat Jackson State, if they come in, let's say we pack out the arena, um, you know, I I like our chance, even against them, if, but we got to play lights out. And um, the good thing is, like I said, once they got that first victory, confidence is really everything. So this team is playing with a little bit more confidence. They see that obviously when they had people that were out, different things happened, they fell short. But the, the women's team has an opportunity to really, really, really finish strong. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So so I'm going to just talk to the facts. We have four home games remaining and a game at Bethune-Cookman. We only have one road trip left. Everybody we're trying to compete with to get to that eighth spot, we pretty much play in these last seven conference games. So the opportunity is there, and it it, it exists for both men and women. I don't see neither one differently. If you look at uh, both programs, they have mostly been competitive with the one outlier being a preview game on Monday for the men's. But uh, but both of them have been close, but we just don't finish. We have a small room margin for, of error. I, I do believe that when the, the women have that three-headed monster and everybody's healthy, that we can put up enough point, points to potentially win. Um, but our margin of error is small. We we're not we're not very big in the post. We don't have a lot of depth, um, and um, we need to shoot free throws at a at a decent percentage. Uh, we need to maximize every. T- but the opportunity is there. Until I see it, though, you know, uh, I'm just there. I'll be there. I'll be there this week, and I'm going to try to root, do my part and uh, root the teams on. And I I would like to see them finish strong and string together three or four wins. So we'll, we'll just see how it plays out. I agree. Three three or four wins, three wins in these next four games would put us into a nice spot when we have the Grambling Southern home stand weekend and Bethune-Cookman at the end, going into those final three games, if, if I'm thinking of the schedule properly. Right. We, we need yeah. to win three of the next four, and it's very possible. Now, this Saturday afternoon, pack the pit, wear pink. I think it's the uh, the uh, breast cancer awareness game. Wanting everybody to wear pink is what I saw. The women are at 2 o'clock against Jackson State, uh, a, a program and a team that, look, if, if you're going to get to a game, you got to get there at one thirty. For this one, we we need to be there to pack the building. Let's not be a slow arriving crowd for the men's game. The women, Jackson State women, 
they are the premier program in the SWAC. They are the ones who had a 40-game win streak, who have won something like uh, 45 of the last 46 games in the SWAC. That's the program you want to see us take down. It's been done. It's possible. But our, our team needs the support of Rattler Nation. The men play at 4 o'clock. We lost to them by one. That was a winnable ball game. Cheated by the referee. I don't know what happened. Who knows? But, I mean, we, we lost that game on a pair of free throws. I I know. I said I took your line, Kofi. I bought into it. Uh, that was a winnable Baby, game. They not Jackson. in Jackson, though. That's what they do. They yeah, give you that so, water, and they, you, next thing you know, your stuff be going crazy. Wow. Uh, and yeah, so that's a, <laughs> wow. Uh, Jack, uh, yeah, so we got Jackson at home. We, that's a winnable game. Then on Monday night, Alcorn State, uh, again for the women, that's a team who's right above us in the standings. Uh, that's a winnable game on Monday night, 5 30 against Alcorn. The men, Alcorn State, their men are in first place. They're going to have a tough game Saturday at Bethune-Cookman. I'm calling that now. They will have. They almost lost. I was at that game last year when Alcorn traveled to Bethune. They almost lost that game last year. They will have a tough game on their hands Saturday at Bethune-Cookman, which means they will come into Lawson uh, on edge. And so, uh, look, Jackson State, Alcorn coming in, Rattler Nation, we need you. We need you bad. The program needs you. You need to put hands on this team. Put hands on. Put some prayer. Put some prayer. Uh, light a candle. Say an extra prayer. Let's hope for good health. Hope for give wisdom to our coaches that that they find new strategies and see see players the way they didn't see them before. You know, whatever it's going to take to to get us. Sam Condor. <laughs> whatever. Yes. Put that vibranium on them. We got to put something on them. Hey, uh, also want to make a, give a shout out to uh, FAMU women basketball player Midi Oriyami. Uh, she was named the SWAC Impact Player of the Week for the second consecutive week. She scored 16 points in both games over the weekend uh, with five rebounds, four assists, and two steals in the win at TSU. So congratulations, Midi. And uh, congratulations uh, to uh, to her for that. Um, all right, as we kind of roll through Rattler Nation, uh, just kind of a Rattler roll call, uh, got to give a shout out to bowling. The bowling FAMU bowlers uh, concluded the SWAC bowling roundup number two with a even 14 and 14 record, had an average of 184.16 which finished the conference season in fifth place. Uh, they qualified for the SWAC tournament. Uh, so I believe, what, maybe only the top eight qualify for the SWAC tournament. And uh, so our FAMU bowlers will be going. Uh, Jordan Ship finished fourth with a total of 5325,320 pins in 27 games. That's an average of 197. Uh, Francesca Olay averaged, uh, or she was outside the top 10 
with a with an average of 191. Uh, Jordan Ship earned first team All Conference, and uh, Olay earned second team All Conference. I I think Jordan is going to be. I don't know if they do individual bowling player of the year kind of thing or uh you know but she's she's right there in the top three uh one of the top bowlers in the league and then uh let me see so the swag championships began march 24th through the 26th uh the rattlers are actually in Orlando this upcoming weekend in the Sunshine State Classic. I unfortunately don't know where that is. So if anybody in the chat room has the location of where they will be, be great if you go ahead and tweet that out. Um, yeah. Uh, also, any other news and notes on a Rattler Roundup, guys? Any other news and notes you want to you hit on? Indoor no, track I'm, is uh you know is that next weekend? It is coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's coming up. Yeah, sometime in the next couple of weeks. And, and uh, I we, think we also have Tennessee. A... I was Go just ahead, gonna sorry. say real quick. I was, tennis season is is going on. We off to a rough start. Uh, all out of conference games, of course, uh, but we off to zero and five start. You played yeah. in Florida teams. You gotta have some. You gotta have, and the tennis team is really not bad, right? But in order for us to take that next step, we really, 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 um, it's twofold, just across the board: upgrade the facilities, upgrade the coaching coaching availability, upgrade our training schedule, and uh, we'll see the dividend. But the good thing is playing against this tough competition will help our girls uh, when it comes down to slack time. Provided they're being pushed, provided they're being, um, they're making the necessary corrections to become better. This I, I think this squad is, is going to make a happy opportunity to really make a nice run come swag time in the tournament. Now, what about anybody know anything about our wrestling team and what we're doing? Well, that's that's club level. Uh so but no, I, I haven't heard anything on their meets. Um, but the swag indoor championship track championship is next uh next week, the sixteenth, starting on the sixteenth in Birmingham. All right, that that's next week, and I'll tell you what about that. Um, I I think we can we can win. I think the I think it's the women. I think the women might be able to pull off what probably might be considered an upset over. I think Prairie View's women. Are, well, I I feel like we we can come top three if not. Steal a win from either our men or women in the indoor championship. It just if if you look at the numbers that we've been putting up lately, we actually competed against Prairie View a couple of weeks ago in one of our previous meets, and we as a team outperformed them. 
Uh, so I don't know if that was a good indicator, but I I like our chances going into the SWAT uh, tournament. I I think we got a few people who could win a title, and we're gonna be we're gonna be right there in the hunt on the last day uh, when they run those sprints to to actually win that uh, that uh, SWAC indoor championship. So uh, that's next week. Uh, baseball will also be kicking off that week as well. The baseball season will be kicking off next weekend as well. So uh, we are we are slowly moving into the spring season um, as you know we we're into the busy season for our uh, for our athletic director uh, and 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 uh, and our uh, SID. Um, I'd also be remiss, guys, if uh, you know. I, quick thought here. I know we're we're almost about into the show, but as we were, just a thought that I had about the schedules. And I, I you tell me if I'm crazy here. I, I should probably stop saying that because or come up with something different because I think you guys call me crazy a lot. But <laughs> we, I noticed stop with our large crazy Kukamome decisions to make bets on a team that's been inconsistent the entire time and we'll stop calling you crazy. Uh, I love some, FAMU too, but I am not betting nothing on this team. I like that. I like FAMU too, but... <laughs> not this year. Um, <laughs> we had a large contingent contingent go out to California for that college expo. Uh, noticed a lot of social media, large contingent of FAMU folks. What do you, th I think it's time and I, I, this might be happening in the background and if it's not, it should. There might be an opportunity for a California HBCU classic of some event, or even if it's just a one-off game featuring FAMU and some other HBCU in that new SoFi Stadium there, right there in Inglewood, California, where the home of the Rams and the Chargers. What do you guys think of that? And who who would be a good fit to pair us up against? out there you have to go with one of the major brands if you're going to go out to los angeles and i don't want to see family and southern in los angeles i don't want to see FAMU and tennessee state in los angeles no family gremlin in los angeles yeah i could kind of live with if you're gonna do something like that but now if if the money is right and LA is willing to pony up, uh, I'd be willing to change my view on uh, Southern and FAMU in Los Angeles if it's going to bring each team uh, a minimum guarantee of 1.5 mil. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's that, that That's a very expensive uh, trip. And we ain't even introduced or talked about the band. If you're going to have a, a major uh, event out there to expose those students to the HBCU culture, you have to have the bands with you. Um, I, you know, I don't know if there's a sponsor or promoter who 
who, who will put that together. But it, it, it's, you know, in sci-fi stadium, is you probably have to partner with the Rams and the NFL because that's one of the newest stadiums. It's a very expensive stadium also. So it, it's a lot that would happen to happen for that for that to happen. Um, I would maybe be interested in seeing them have a me as sweat challenge type deal and move move maybe move that to yeah. uh, I wish Las know, Vegas for, uh, too. Yeah, now, that now that's another city you mentioned. That see, I I I'm looking at Vegas and California, obviously separate years, but taking again, taking advantage of our presence and the growth of the fan base. Well, not just the fan base, but the growth of the alumni, but the fans will travel to a place that we've never seen, you know, our you team, give us an airport. Yeah. If you give us an airport. Yeah. Rattling nation, rattling nation will go. 30,000 uh, easily. I think 30,000 Rattlers will go easily. No, the I ain't, no let's not get crazy. <laughs> no. We will travel. But, but not 30,000. <laughs> but I will say it depends on the team and the game. Now, what I would say is the reason Atlanta works so well, the reason Atlanta works so well for FAMU is because A is close, but they have a major airport that those that are in Chicago, Detroit, those other places, they can make it down to Atlanta for a game. You know, um, this right. Houston game that we play Texas Southern, I'm anticipating three to 5,000 uh, Rattlers to be there. If we go over that, I think it's a possibility depending on what the activities are. But I would say you could reasonably expect a good three to 5,000 Rattlers in Houston. That um, seems low to me. That seems low to me. I don't know. I why. believe why it that... could be higher, but we're going to be in the building. The stadium only holds 22,000. Well, right, right. I know. But Texas Southern doesn't even bring five. So I think we could bring 10. And, and we practically... could, but I'm telling you, more than okay. likely, three to five is a good number. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's a good number for an FCS school. That's huge. Now we could do 10, but I'm telling you if you the same. See, this is why you be losing your little bets and stuff, because you just be sitting up there talking about some 10 and 20 and 30,000 and stuff. And I'm telling you. Stop it, man. Under promise over under, deliver. Under promise. Under promise over, over deliver. deliver. I got to write that down. I got to make sure I remember that. Thank you. Write under that down promise. and read it before you go to sleep. Stay on Earth. Stay on Earth. Under promise. Stop, stop going to Mars. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we before we close and as we're closing the show, I gotta. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you guys with uh, with LeBron James uh, now becoming the all time NBA scoring champ, thirty eight thousand three hundred and ninety uh, on your top three or top five. Where do you move LeBron James in terms of greatest basketball players? For me, he moved to a solid number three behind Jordan and Russell, Bill Russell. What's your uh, top three, top five, Kelvin? 
it just depends on what you value to be honest right you know um whether it's championships or not making the playoffs or longevity uh what do you, you value know, he what just, do you value he, he's in a conversation as one of the greatest i personally uh i i rank him uh i value championships so so russell is the best when it comes to championships right but league was small i mean it was less teams uh the same type of athletes didn't exist i believe um that lebron is one of the rare athletes that could play in any era and would be dominant in any era era right you know he he essentially physically has no weakness uh and his makeup is different than a lot of guys uh so you know for me as as a basketball player overall as a player he's number one for me but he ain't the greatest competitor michael jordan probably the greatest competitor competitor and and, and of course uh russell was the greatest uh winner champion mm. well thought out answer kofi uh your more simplistic answer there <laughs> See, I don't. What I don't like about you is how you be trying to silence me when I got something to say. I don't pre-shimmerate. <laughs> Let me stop. Um, now, nah, I mean, LeBron is, in, in my opinion, he has proven himself to be one of the greatest players of all time. We'll never be able to physically see him battle up against Jordan, so it's just a matter of preference in terms of what you want. But just from a physicality, from a from a player's perspective. I, I, I have to admire anybody that has taken the time to go through the process to become a professional, but more importantly, an elite professional, then be hated on the level that he was hated on, and then continue to thrive and prove people wrong. Mm -hmm. So that's a special individual to me, and LeBron has always had my respect, not to mention all of the stuff that he's doing for Florida a University. I just need him to come to the campus one good Amen. time, so I don't have one to talk time. bad about him uh, anytime soon. One time. Won't you come home, LeBron? Come home. With, with, hey, hey, hey. With a check. With a big check. With a big, with a big check. check and right. some more units. Yes, yes. Uh, hey, coming up, it's the second annual Black Business Expo Tallahassee, which takes place on February 25th at the moon and is brought to you by Mega Ace Media and the Tallahassee Leon County Office of Economic Vitality. The Black Business Expo will feature financial institutions, agencies, and larger businesses looking to partner with your black business. Tallahassee Mayor John Daly and Leon County Commission Chair Nick Maddox are the special guests for the event, and they'll be there to hear what goes on in our businesses. We'll give out $15,000 in grants and we could all use a little extra cash this time of the year for more information visit us online at bbetally.com that's bbetally.com so you uh business owners small business owners that watch our show you know we got a few of them you guys make sure you get uh registered to get logged in please if you would all right that's going to do it for tonight's show 
Uh, we got to, again, thank Naya Morgan for joining us. Big softball weekend coming up in Macon. If you guys are in Macon, Georgia, in middle Georgia, Atlanta, get down to go check out the good old softball team this weekend. And, and, beat uh, the Bears. Behind. Exactly. Beat the Bears. Beat, beat everybody. Bears. Yeah, let's come out of this weekend feeling good. Shout out to the producer and the boss exactly. man. Exactly. Boss man, Roy Evans, producer. Hubba, Roy. In. Hubba, Roy. We, Hubba. We, appreciate, we appreciate you. Uh, thank you, Hubba. guys. Uh, for Kelvin, for Kofi, I'm Brian Fulford. Uh, not at a remote location, just with bad visuals. Uh, but when you see me out in the street, you better back up because the Rattlers, when we see you, we just going to strike, strike, and strike again. All right, good night, everybody. Peace out.